When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Pacific. A few quick notes, and then this week's episode. First things first, a lot of you have written in with SCPs you'd like to see on the show, and we want to hear more. The best way to do this is either by going to our Apple Podcast page and leaving a review. There you can tell us what you like about the show, what you think we could improve upon, and what SCP you want to see. Uh, this helps us a bunch as creators, and it also helps boost our show's visibility. The second way is if you're in our Discord, or if you want to join our Discord, head over to Daily SCP. It's one of the channels we set up. And there, you can let us know what SCPs you'd like to see. And then also, you know, chat and learn about a new SCP every single day. It's a fun little part of our Discord, and uh, I encourage you guys to check it out. We're still working on postcards. They came in a few days later than expected, uh, but they should be out shortly, um, if not all finished by tomorrow, or today, I guess, when you're listening to this. Uh, and last but certainly not least, my move is going well. It's uh, It's been hectic, but Friday. Friday we, we finally move. Um, but yeah, it's going well. Thanks for writing in, everyone, and uh, asking. I appreciate that. And last but certainly not least, if you're interested in becoming a patron and hearing your name at the beginning of episodes, uh, getting ad-free versions of this episode without this big intro spiel or our mid-rolls, uh, or if you're interested in getting access to bonus episodes and merchandise and so much more, head over to patreon.com slash SCP underscore POD. And now, this week's patrons. I want to give a big shout out to Noin, Sonny Bogus, Juan, Biber Beta, Wayne Carmack, Tiffany, Desiree Reading, Grim Bravo, Stefan C. Danielson, I am a doctor, Alexandro Arvizu, Magnus Sloth, Caruto, Samantha Castronovo, Sign My Shovel, Garda, Bryant Flick, Agent Hedge Pickle, Jackie Benjamin, Channing C. Hawkins, AJ Eck, and Aurora Shard. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it a bunch. And now, without further ado, this week's episode. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number. SCP-4099. Object class. Safe. Special containment procedures. SCP-4099 is to be contained in a lock-carrying case in a standard secure safe class locker at Site-76. The interior of SCP-4099's locker is to be outfitted with a laser light security alarm system to prevent theft or unauthorized testing of SCP-4099. 
Under no circumstances, SCP-4099 to be brought out of its vault. All testing with SCP-4099 is forbidden. Description SCP-4099 is a small, worn-out notepad previously owned by junior researcher Barnes. SCP-4099's pages are filled with illegible writing and crude drawings of people and objects. Knowledge of SCP-4099's pages carry a memetic compound that, when read, cause living beings to enter a state of panic or distress, often citing that they are incapable of calming themselves when exposed to SCP-4099. Individuals in this state have shown to have much higher increase in serotonin, adrenaline, and norepinephrine. SCP-4099's effect can be transferred to other individuals via an auditory memetic compound. Hearing test subject vocalizations of distress will induce the same feelings of panic and distress as in the subject. Recovery Log SCP-4099 was discovered in Junior Research Barnes' office. Barnes was found dead in her office, hanging from a ceiling lamp by a noose made entirely out of neckties. During SCP-4099's acquisition, five staff members, three containment specialists and two senior agents, became distressed after looking at SCP-4099 with its cover open. An emergency response unit was sent to isolate the remaining infected, dispose of Barnes' body, and contain SCP-4099 in a more careful manner. The following file is level 5 classified. Addendum 4099-1 SCP-4099 designates a series of documents under the title SCP Foundation Department of Abnormalities. The documents appear to be incomplete based on the dates at which they were sent. In SCP-4099, two individuals are frequently mentioned, the Dr. Harold Horton, and Agent Evan Shane. According to Foundation records, there are no individuals under employment with these names, nor are there any mention of a Department of Abnormalities. The following is correspondence between Agent Evan Shane and Dr. Horton. March 9th. Dr. Horton, we picked up three more this week. They're sending us again the next morning for a debriefing of our mission stats. Not sure if this is part of procedure, but oh well. Bobby lost his arms to one of those things. They're probably going to discharge him for it. I forgot the designation of it, but it's in one of the files. Speaking of which, here's those copies you asked for. If you don't mind me asking, why do you need them? March 11th. Evan Shane, I've heard that we might be transferring the abnormalities here in our facility. The director briefed me on your containment details and how they should be handled. That means you're going to live under the same roof as the abnormalities you contained. March 13th. Captured, Doc, not contained. I bagged these guys on the field. You're the ones that are going to have to tag them. Anyway, expect a delivery soon. Let's hope the new guys get accustomed to their new home. March 22nd. Dr. Horton, about the debriefing I mentioned a few days ago, apparently they've discovered another abnormality. It's somewhere in Portugal, if I recall correctly. On another note, how are the new guys doing so far? March 25th. Evan, they seem to be doing fine. However, they appear to be acting much differently from when they were picked up. I'm going to do some testing on them. Actually, they're acting somewhat strange themselves. Something feels... off about them. Whatever it is, once the testing begins, we'll get to the bottom of this. March 29th. Dr. Horton. Well, 
Whatever it is, just make sure you're safe. I'm going to the debriefing room. Gonna meet the new general in charge of the operation, and hopefully I can come home now. April 2nd. Fuck. Harold? I messed up, Doc. I messed up. Big time. I, I didn't know what to do. I was told to do it. I, I was just following... That fucking general, Mulhausen. The bastard, he, he killed them. Uh, I killed them. The bastard issued a, a goddamn termination order on the whole place. Some of the folks in the unit are probably dead. I don't know. I don't know what else to do, Doc. April 3rd. Are you there? I've been trying to get in contact with you. I've tried calling the facility, but no one's answering. Shit. No one is responding. I'm a wanted man, Horton. I killed him. Fucking bastard killed the women and the fucking children in that village. Made sure he suffered first before I ended his life, too. Harold, where the hell are you? Addendum 4099.01. Recovered files. The following files were recovered alongside SCP-4099. The formatting closely resembles traditional formatting and containment procedures used during 1922-1934. Furthermore, the entities described in these files do not appear anywhere within the Foundation's database. Item designation number 21486HI007. Warning, item displays aggressive and dangerous behavior. Description of item, 6 foot 2 inches tall, height varies due to the nature of the entity. 185 pounds, unknown age, appears to be in mid-30s, wears uniform typical of air raid wardens used in the 1940s. Said uniform appears to be in a state of disrepair or heavily damaged state. Respiration often induces sounds of what can only be identified as raspy breathing. Pockets are filled with bullets and ammunition, often used in a Sten gun and a Vickers Berthier light machine gun. The entity appears to emit small doses of gamma radiation. The palms of the entity's hands are covered in a caustic adhesive that burns away human skin on tactile contact. This adhesive has been chemically analyzed as fluoroantimonic acid. Entity does not appear to run and can only walk. It is not known whether it chooses not to run or it is incapable of doing so. Detail of current containment. Not applicable. Report. First sighting of the humanoid was reported by tourists in a diner in the Nevadan desert. Witnesses reported a giant yellowish-brown cloud headed towards the Stopawile Diner. Tourists allegedly approached the entity in an attempt to communicate with it. Entity ignored all attempts at communication and continued walking. Recovery team was then assembled by General Copper and dispatched in an attempt to contain the entity. Using the updated containment protocols regarding the handling of abnormalities, courtesy of the late Dr. Keeter, the entity was captured in the operation and contained in a temporary holding facility until a more effective containment facility could be used as a permanent containment cell. Entity appears to be capable of secreting various nerve agents and gases from its person. These gases do not appear to be anomalous in itself, however the nerve agents are dangerous and are constantly being emitted. Through chemical analysis, the entity has been known to secrete three nerve agents, Soman, Sulfur Mustard or Mustard Gas, and VX. 
The entity's wrists and forearms emit soman, sulfur mustard is emitted from its back, and the VX nerve agent appears to come from the filter cartridge canister of its mask as waste product in respiration. All attempts of communication with the entity have resulted in unresponsiveness. Addendum Personnel have been reported to experience auditory hallucinations while they are in the vicinity of the entity. Personnel report hearing men, women, and children's screams emanating from the entity. Other auditory phenomena include gunfire, engine noises, Morse code and radio transmissions, air raid sirens, white noise, static frequencies, and even explosions. Item designation number 97165MA-066. Warning. Item displays aggressive and dangerous behavior. Description of item. 5 foot 10 inches. If hunched, 5 foot 6 inches. 120 pounds. Unknown age. Darkened gray skin. Naked. No eyes or hair. Elongated arms. Elongated lips and mouth structure with very human-like teeth. Emaciated appearance. Bone and muscle structure unlike any recorded species. Hands and feet appear human, albeit blackened in appearance. Possible necrosis? No reproductive organs, anal orifice, ears, or pores anywhere on body. Does not have a nose, but appears to have nostrils fused to the face. Head is abnormally large for the body. Detail of current containment, not available. Report. Entity was first discovered in Antarctica. The entity was reported by Japanese fishermen claiming to have seen a ninjin on the ice too. Reports of the humanoid came back to the foundation where a recovery team was dispatched to capture the entity. The creature was then contained and moved to a temporary containment cell. Creature appears to have considerable strength for its body structure. The entity has been shown to tear off ligaments and muscle tissue during a feeding. Carnivorous, it views both humans and animals as a food supply. Interestingly, during a feeding, depending on which animal it has devoured, the creature temporarily gains said animal's traits. When eating fish, it develops gills, fins, and webbed feet, and gains the ability to swim and breathe underwater. When eating avian creatures, it gains bat-like wings. These wings, despite the size and shape of the creature, somehow gives the entity the ability to fly. When eating human flesh, it gains intelligence and sapience. The entity's mouth appears to stretch and distend beyond its physical capabilities, but does not appear capable of unhinging its jaws to consume prey. Instead, it opens its mouth and takes large bites in its consumption. The entity shows considerable problem-solving skills of varying levels of complexity. The creature has been known to speak, but only in the form of muttering, and on occasion, laughter. Addendum. Security and research personnel have both expressed concern over the entity. Complaints have issued that the creature has been known to smile at individuals for long periods of time, unnerving them. Personnel also note a visual anomaly of the creature's nature. The creature can appear in contradictory locations when two or more individuals view it, however in close proximity to one another, usually allowing an estimation of where the actual entity is located. 
complaints have been taken into account of the creature's nature. Item designation number 71839CA102. Warning, item displays aggressive and dangerous behavior. Description of item. Item appears to be a small vase of roses. The petals on each rose glows brightly and radiates a reddish hue. The item has a small note attached to it that reads in cursive, For Lucy. Object emits large amounts of gamma radiation. Detail of current containment, not available. Report. Item was discovered in a flower shop in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Reports came in of red maniacs terrorizing the town folk. A recovery team led by General Sampson were partially successful in containing the threat, as most of the agents in the unit had succumbed to the object's effect and had to be terminated. Item was temporarily placed in a secure holding locker lined with lead to prevent radiation from leaking out of the wall's contents. The object's petals glow brightly and radiate a dark red hue and emits large amounts of gamma radiation. When a living being enters its light, the item immediately redshifts the being. Once redshifted, the being immediately succumbs to radiation poisoning and collapses after only a few seconds of exposure. Soon after, approximately 12 seconds, the redshifted subject will rise from its position on the ground. Individuals afflicted with the item's effect are not only redshifted, but are also bleeding profusely from the eyes, nose, and mouth. Affected individuals under the reanimation effect also lack pupils, and their sclera are completely white in coloration, despite the redshift. Individuals affected by the object are driven solely by the need to attack unaffected individuals. Affected subjects will attack by way of biting, scratching, and beating others with their hands. Some affected individuals also display remarkable strength for their stature, being capable of tearing off limbs with little effort. Addendum. Under no circumstances are staff allowed to touch or even look into the container. All testing with the abnormality has been denied. Hey everyone, it's Pacific, here with a quick ad break. Alright, that's it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Addendum 4099.02, Exploration Log. On the back of one of the documents, there's an address and coordinates to what is assumed to be the location of the facility mentioned in the documents. Mobile Task Force Gamma-1, Search and Destroy, was sent to the location of the facility. The following log is a transcript of what transpired. Date, May 19th, 2020. Location... Pripyat City Borders, Chernobyl Exclusion Zone. Comms are up. We good? Good. Good. Ready. Hang on a sec. There. I'm good. Right. We're moving towards the location. Overwatch sent us here for an investigation. Whatever this thing is, Overwatch wants it kept quiet. We either lock it up or we terminate it, understood? Good. Ten seconds until drop-off. Eyes up, people. Stay alert. Yes, sir. Search and destroy. You are clear to begin the operation. Let's go! The unit walked quickly from the drop-off point to the location. After ten minutes of walking, they entered the exclusion zone. You are now entering the closed exclusion zone. Radiation levels will start spiking the closer you get to the area. Understood. Work fast and get to the area. 
These suits can't keep out the radiation for too long. The unit walked faster to their designation, maneuvering through the abandoned roads and trees. Gamma-1, you should be seeing the location now. I don't see anything, Command. Boss, I see something. Pisces points to the elevator in the distance. It appears to be a maintenance elevator covered in glass. Right. Let's go in. The team entered the elevator. There's only one button that leads down. Leo presses it and waits for three minutes before the elevator doors part. The team steps inside as the doors close. There are eight buttons, each numbered from zero to seven. Command, are you seeing this? Yes. Enter the code given to you. Leo pulls out a folded piece of paper from his pocket. There's nothing on the paper except numbers. One, seven, three, zero. The door closes and the buttons light up. There's a humming for ten seconds before the Foundation logo briefly flashes on the elevator screen above the doors. We're in business, baby. The team wait three minutes again as they go down. Welcome to the Department of Abnormalities. Hey everyone, lights on. Roger. I see stairs, sir. No shit, Gemini. The team go down a stairwell where they encounter a door. Welcome to the Department of Abnormalities. What the fuck? The Department of Abnormalities. Damn, we're a few kilometers underground. No reception here. We're on our own, guys. Oh, shit. What are we gonna do? Kinda sounds like an echo, actually. The abnormal. We stick to the plan. We get in, investigate what they sent us here for, then we leave. Pisces is right. We stick to the plan. The team enter through the doors. There's a hallway that at the far end leads to a door. The corridor has four doors, two per side. Each of them are rusted and welded shut with a glass viewport. There appears to be something inside each of the rooms. Stay sharp. The unit slowly walks to the first chamber on their right. There's a small metal placard that reads, The Glutton, in the chamber. There's a gray-skinned creature hunched over in a fetal position at the far left corner of the room. Its head is lurched over and obscured by its arms. Damn. Hey, guys. Check this one out. The rest of the team follow Gemini to look into the room, opposite of the other. There's a large, dark, yellowish cloud inside the chamber. There's a humanoid shape within the room, but it's obscured by the gas. Only three feet are visible as the gas covers everything else. There's a metal placard that reads, Visions of War. Freaky shit, huh? I've seen weirder. I wonder what this one is. The group move on to the next chamber on the left. There's a pedestal inside with a small container on top of it. There are dozens of red bodies surrounding the pedestal, covered in blood. The placard reads, Flowers for Lucy. Well, that's a strange name for something locked up. What about this? Leo pans to the last chamber behind the group. The door is also rusted shut, but the viewport is locked up, preventing whatever's inside from being seen. The hell? The placard for this chamber reads, Absence. Well, that's confusing. Let's go, guys. The team head to the end of the hallway. There are two paths that split off to two doors at the end. On the wall, there are placards that point to the left and labeled Research Sector and Maintenance. On the right, it says Quarters and Armory. Okay, we're splitting up the group. Pisces and Taurus will take the left. Gemini, Sagittarius, and I will take the right. Understood? Roger. We'll go. Clear. Understood. Very good, sir. Let's move. Leo's team head to the door on the right. Leo pushes the door open and shines his light through the darkened room. The room appears to have dozens of metal bunk beds. Some of these beds have their mattresses removed. Some of them still have pillows on them. The group move until they reach the far end of the room. 
There's a metal placard above the door handle that says, Armory. Leo steps inside as the last person closes the door behind them. There are weapons racks and lockers across the wall in front of them. There's a door to their left that reads, Director's Office. Leo attempts to open it, but it appears to have been locked from the inside. There's a small note on the floor close to the door. I got something. Command's probably going to want to take a look at it. We're going on standby until Pisces and Taurus finish their sweep of the other room. Gemini pulls out a small tablet from his bag that connects to both Pisces and Taurus's cameras. What are you looking at, Taurus? Not much, I'm afraid. This place looks like it has labs on each side. Looks barren and empty, though. Wait, do you hear that noise? Yeah, Yeah, I hear it too. I'm about to head over there now. Through the screen, Taurus's camera captures a door at the end of the corridor with a metal placard that reads, Maintenance. Taurus opens the door and finds a large server room inside. The room has a large computer server at the end of the room with a red glowing button in the middle. It appears to be the source of the humming. Approaching object. What do you think it is, boss? Should I press it? There's a 10 second pause between Leo and Taurus. Go for it. Taurus pushes the red button. The humming stops. Wonder what that did. At that moment, large screaming and laughter is heard. Taurus and Pisces turn around immediately. Son of a... I think we made a mistake, boss. I'm turning it back on. Taurus presses the button multiple times, but the machine is still inert. Shit. All right, well, we're going to try and meet you on the other side. Hang tight. We're going to get you out. Wait, Taurus, I... The door is slammed open as three red men in lab coats leap onto Pisces. One of them bites Pisces on the nose and tears it off. Pisces screams as he tries to shoot at the entities, but is pinned to the floor. Taurus shoots the individuals off of Pisces and picks them up. Taurus proceeds to kneel down to tend to Pisces' wounds. Oh, fuck. Pisces is in bad shape. You're gonna be okay, alright? You're gonna be fine. Door... Open. Pisces, Taurus! We're going to your location. Stand by for extraction. Leo puts away the tablet and proceeds to arm himself. I'm calling a chopper. We're getting the hell out of here. Pisces is injured and bleeding out here. I want everyone to keep sharp and take these bastards out, understand? Leo's teams emerge from the armory as more red-colored entities emerge from the other door. The group manages to successfully shoot down most of them and proceed to head to the door. Let's go, let's go, let's go! The group go through the door and are immediately attacked by the gray-skinned humanoid. Leo and Gemini attempt to shoot at it, but the bullets miss. Sagittarius fends off some of the red entities that emerge from the chamber. Ah, fuck. I can't. I keep missing them. Can't get a clear shot. We keep hitting it, but it's not doing shit. One of the red entities breaks away from Sagittarius' gunfire and stabs Leo in the left eye with a pencil. Leo groans in pain as he kicks off the entity with his injured leg and shoots it in the head. Ugh! I'm down! Shit! Don't touch it! It's near your femoral artery. You could bleed out. Pisces and Taurus both emerge from the right hall and continue to fire at both the red entities and the gray humanoid. Boss, let me help you up. Head to the elevator, now! Sagittarius and Leo approach the elevator. Well, apartment. The gray creature knocks Gemini, Taurus, and Pisces away from it. Taurus gets up and punches the entity across the face. Just die already, you ugly... In that moment, the entity thrusts its right fist into Taurus's stomach, its hand going deep within. Welcome to Amnor. No! The gray entity grabs Taurus's chest with its free hand and pulls until his chest and waist are completely torn apart and separated. Viscera and entrails fall out as intestines and spine fall out on the floor. The entity smiles, 
revealing human teeth before it kneels over and grabs the intestines and pulls it into its mouth to eat. The elevator doors open. Sagittarius carries the unconsciously over to the elevator. Welcome to the Mint of... Dan! Get your ass over here, we're leaving! Welcome to the depart. Normality. Come on, man. Come on. An entity wearing a gas mask emerges from its room and grabs Gemini by the arm. No! Fuck! No! No! Welcome to the department. The entity in the gas mask puts Gemini in a headlock. White gas emerges from the filter cartridge canister of the mask and burns away at Gemini's face. The entity no, then moves its hand to cover his no, mouth no. before raising its hand, completely burning and tearing off Gemini's lips and nose. I'm so sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Department of Abnormalities. Addendum 4099.03, Recovered Note. An object of interest that was taken during MTF Gamma 1's investigation of the facility. The note reads as follows. Regional Director Pierce, I can't do this anymore. I do not wish to continue my time here. I'm done. These things are not normal by our standards. I can deal with the horrifying implications around certain anomalies, but not this. These are abominations. Every time I go to bed, I stare at my ceiling until my eyes get tired and I fall asleep. I get nightmares about what they do, what they did. I feel like they're all around me, wrapping their hands around my throat, squeezing tightly, digging their thumbs into my trachea until I wake up in a cold sweat. I've held this position for such a long time, two, three years. I don't know anymore. This is too much for me to bear. The responsibility to keep these things away from everyone is weighing down on me and I feel like I'm going to give in. As of today, I hereby resign from my current position. I revoke all my privileges and I request a transfer to facility ADR-X19. This is a job that I feel not even I am capable of doing. I know I should have submitted a formal request for the transfer, but I'm too tired to go through all the paperwork. Take care. Dr. Horton. Head of the Department of Abnormalities. SCP-4099 was written by Connor McWarren. Our host and narrator is John Grills. Agent Shane is Atticus Jackson. Dr. Horton was Graham Rowett. Leo was Russell Moore. Gemini was Jesse Hall. Taurus was Sarah Golding. Pisces was Nicole Goodnight. Sagittarius was Addison Peacock. And Command was played by The Sky Above the Port Was the Color of Television, Tuned to a Dead Channel. Our composer is the incredible Tom Rory Parsons, and I'm your showrunner and sound designer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our producer is Tom Owen, and this is a bloody disgusting podcast. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com.
Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories, if you're brave enough. (laughs) 